I had friends at work that were getting married earlier in the year and they kept being like, are you going to cancel your wedding? What are you guys thinking? And I was like, I'm not nervous. That's so many months away. If anything, I feel like it'll be perfect timing because this will be behind us. Everyone will have been home for so long. It'll be even more of a reason to celebrate. It just kept going and getting worse. And that's when I started to get really nervous about it. Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest-perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bride to Ben podcast. Today we have Zoe Benson, who I personally feel like is my doppelganger. Our significant others are both named Julian, and Zoe's original wedding date was supposed to be on September 12th, 2020, which is the day my husband and I got married. If only my name was Zoe. Jokes aside, 2020 has been a disappointing and draining year for Zoe and Julian. Zoe's dream wedding vision evolved over the years, but by the time 2020 rolled around, she knew from start to finish how she wanted the day to look and feel. When the pandemic hit, they made the decision to cancel their wedding since many guests were coming from around the world. I don't want to spoil any more of this, so let's get Zoe on the mic already. Zoe, it's so great to meet you and thank you for joining me on the Bride to a Ben podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. So before we dive into this insanely emotional and disappointing year, I'd love for you to take us back on how you and Julian first met. We met in Boston about four and a half years ago. And my roommate at the time was trying to set us up. She had met him through her boyfriend and I wasn't really into the idea of getting set up. And I had been on a few different apps at the time and Bumble being one of them, more just to like get a feel for who's out there. And I came across Julian and I was like, I think that is who my roommate is trying to set me up with. And we started messaging and we went out on a date, come to find out like they never told him about me. So it was like a one-sided fixing up. And it happened that like he had been living in the town that I grew up in. We just had a lot in common. I'm in design and he's in construction and we just like really hit it off. And I was very pleasantly surprised and we just went from there. That's awesome. So do you tell people that you met through Bumble? (laughs) I usually tell people we met through mutual friends, but it really like our first initial connection was through Bumble. But sometimes I feel weird saying that because it's like the dating apps and you just never know how people are going to respond. That is too funny. I think it's the best that Julian did not get the memo. that. Yep. (laughs) But yeah. Okay, so you guys met in Boston. You both are from Boston? I'm from Connecticut. He's from Western Mass. So I had been in Boston already for three years. And he had just moved to Boston about, it had been about a year. After we met, we dated for a year, moved in together, lived in 
Boston together and then moved to San Francisco. And how did you guys mosey to San Francisco? What brought you here? So I really was having a tough winter the year we lived together. I wasn't really liking my job and I just really wanted a change of pace. I wasn't finding any jobs at the time that were really intriguing at all in Boston. And so I'm an interior designer or that's what what I have been doing. So there was a firm out in San Francisco that I had always loved and they had a position available. So I honestly spontaneously one night applied for the job. Julian helped me write my cover letter. It was like very spontaneous, like on the spot, we're sitting on the couch together. And I just thought if I apply and I get a response, like it'll help boost my confidence to figure out what else I want to do because they're a really creative firm out here. And they did respond and I went through the interview process and got an offer. Funny thing, I didn't even end up accepting the job. We still moved out here. (laughs) So yeah, we, Julian wasn't on board at first, but quickly decided that maybe that would be a cool idea. He'd always wanted to live in San Francisco. His dream was to live in SoCal. But once he started looking into some opportunities out here, he got excited and I decided to work at WeWork. I wanted to do something that was a little different that was still in design, but not working for an architecture firm. So that was more like in-house working in the tech company, but still doing interior design. So it felt like a good balance between the two. And I was there for a year and a half until things started to fall apart with the fail of the IPO. But great experience. We've loved it out here and can't imagine not having moved. Did Julian, was he on board? Because, I mean, you're both from the East Coast. That's a big mm-hmm. move to come out yeah, here. Yeah, it was huge. At first, he was like, what? We are not moving to San Francisco. <laughs> and then a few days later, he came home and was like, okay, let's do it. How did you know he was the one? Was that your moment or was there another moment that happened? I knew before then, but that was just like really making me more sure of it all early on. Like from the beginning, he was always so happy and positive and supportive of just meeting me. And there were times when I was like, ugh, I don't like where if I was dating someone else, I would try to be perfect or I'd be like, I would not tell someone that I was feeling this way. And I just was very open from the beginning with him. And he always responded positively. And it just made me feel more confident in being myself. And I'm extremely close with my family. And they've accepted past boyfriends that I've had, but they've never really liked any of them. And (laughs) when Julian met my family for the first time, he just like immediately hit it off with them. Like him and my sister are our best friends. He text my parents without me being there. Like I never have to worry about being around when he's with my family. It's like he became part of the family so quickly. And that was really when I was like, oh, this is like really happening. Like everyone is on board. So yeah, it was multiple things. But I mean, I feel extremely lucky. Yeah. Sounds like you have a keeper there. (laughs) And I think our Julians need to meet because... I feel similarly to you of how you felt. So it's too funny. Again, you are my doppelganger. (laughs) All right. So you guys dated for four years, you said, before you got engaged? No, we dated for two and a half years before we got engaged in Lake Tahoe. And we knew we wanted a fall wedding. So, And we knew we wanted to have it on the East Coast because that's where our family is. So 
it was either plan a wedding in six months or wait a year and a half. And so we figured planning a wedding across the country, like let's add some extra time in there. Yeah. Just because going back and forth was so difficult to begin with. So we planned for September, 2020. (laughs) Oh, sore subject. All right. So tell us a little bit more about how the proposal went down. You said that he did in Tahoe. Yeah, I, it's funny because I kind of knew it was coming. It was around (laughs) when we first moved out here together, we went to a jewelry store that had a designer of a ring designer that I liked and So he asked if we could go look at rings and I was so excited and (laughs) I got to see the rings in person and really loved them. I had gone on a work trip and it just happened that weekend. The designer of the rings that I really liked was having a trunk show in San Francisco in this store. And so he scheduled an appointment to go see the rings and meet with her. And then, so that was like, sometime in the fall. And then around Christmas time, we were like, let's go on a trip to Tahoe. We haven't been yet. Let's do something like a winter trip. And when we were booking, he was just like extra smiley. Like I remember sitting on our dining room table and he was sitting over at the couch and he kept kind of ducking behind the couch because he was smiling so much. He was like, let's stay at a place that's like a little nicer than we normally do. And I was like, why would we do that? I'm I'm like, (laughs) what? And then I was like, oh, maybe, maybe there's a reason why. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And so (laughs) that was early December that we booked that trip. So March comes around. I was like super busy at work. He had been so incredibly sick the week before. He wouldn't even let me sleep in the same room, which has never happened in our entire relationship. He made me pull out the blow up mattress and sleep in in our den because he was worried that I was going to get sick after we weren't going to be able to go on the trip. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we end up going and we took the Friday off and I used, I've gone snowshoeing before and really loved it. And I always have said to him, let's go snowshoeing. It'll be really fun. It's so beautiful. And he was always kind of like, I don't know. And we booked a snowshoe tour that day in the morning. And so it was honestly the most perfect day. It was untouched snow. It was like a record snowfall in Tahoe. And we hiked up to the top of this lookout that looks over the lake. And we were hiking up to the top. And I was like, oh my God, this would be so perfect for us to get engaged here. And then he comes up behind me and puts his arm around me. And I honestly blacked out for all the things that he said before, but then he got down on one knee and asked. (laughs) And I was like, just couldn't believe that it was all happening. So yeah, before leading up to it, he was kind of trying to throw me off and say it wasn't going to happen for a little while. But Mm -hmm. I also deep down was hoping and kind of knew that it was going to happen. I mean, he, he played it so cool the day of. But there was just a few things that happened before that I was catching on to. Yeah. If you ask him, he'll say I had no idea, though. Yeah, of course, (laughs) because he wants to claim that it was a full success of surprising you. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. All right. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. When we come back, we'll hear from Zoe about how her dream wedding slowly fell apart because of the pandemic. There's even an antique steam train, so stay with us. 
As you know, Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. Now back to Zoe in the vision of her dream wedding. So you guys have been engaged for a while. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get married in, in September. Yep. So did you have a dream wedding vision mm-hmm. like leading up to September? Because yeah. it sounded like it. <laughs> Very detailed. And you can tell you're an interior designer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am. like I pay a lot of attention to detail being in design. That's something that's really important to me. Just like the overall vision. and the last few years, so many of our friends have gotten married. So each wedding I've been like taking note, like, oh, I loved that they did this. And I have a whole list of things that I was like, I really want to make sure we take all these little moments that I've loved that other people have done and kind of turn it into our own. I never really cared about a lot of the traditional stuff. We weren't going to have bridal parties. We were just going to have my sister as a maid of honor and his brother as a best man. So we weren't going to have a rehearsal dinner. We were going to do more of a welcome dinner and have all the guests come for like a cookout, like yard party and just kind of keeping it more personal. I honestly hate the attention all on me, like never liked having birthday parties. So leading into this whole wedding thing, I was really trying to set the right mindset to be like, okay, this is the one moment that is like about me. I'm going to feel like a, not me, Julian and I. It's not all about it's me. Definitely, it's definitely you. <laughs> FYI. Um, the, the, yeah. the men try to take over, but it doesn't work like that. But I was just trying to like really prepare myself to be accept that this was a moment for it to be about us and to let it happen and not try to hide in the back or not do these special things. So it, it's been hard. Yeah. I mean, I get very emotional talking about it, to be honest. And I'm, I think I've gone through about all the stages of grieving there are. Today, I'm feeling okay. But you ask me tomorrow, I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, So I know. Yeah, we, so my, Julian met my parents for the first time at their beach house in Old Lyme, Connecticut. And we were going to have our wedding in Old Lyme. So we were going to have the welcome dinner at my parents' beach house they just have a big yard there so to keep everyone outside and then there is an old factory building it's called the lace factory that's turned into a wedding venue like the town over and it's high ceilings like kind of painted old brick like rustic wood floors like it has a outdoor courtyard and we were going to have the wedding there and it's kind of like in a little neighborhood like along the river so it still felt somewhat intimate Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. And it sounded like you were going to have like your guests arrive on <laughs> yeah. an antique yeah. train. So, That's so fancy. Yeah. We, <laughs> I love it. There's not a lot of parking at the venue. And right downtown Essex, you can get on the steam train and it will take you right to the venue. So we rented out the steam train. We were going to have everyone arrive together and come in with like welcome drinks. We were going to have our ceremony be like pretty short and sweet out in the courtyard area and then lead into the night and do more of like communal tables with family style meal. We had a 13 piece band. Wow. Which was really nice. My sister is an amazing singer. And one of the girls that she grew up singing with is now part of a band in New York City that are really amazing. And so we got her band to come and they were going to do the music for the night. So it was also nice that like we knew the main singer and it just made it feel a little bit more special. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll get more to that. I do want to kind of shift into like when the pandemic happened, Mm -hmm. because I'm just curious, like we got that announcement of shelter in place in, was that March? Yeah. And for me, being on the same date, September 12th, I totally thought I was in the clear. I didn't even blink. I was feeling for my friends that were getting married in April, May, and June. Mm -hmm. And they were like scrambling, mainly the one that was getting married in April, rightfully so, because it was like three weeks away. and. I remember being like, oh, September, not a problem, going to be in the clear. Mm-hmm. So when you got the shelter in place, you you felt the same way, like, I'm good? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think that we were going to be affected by it. I thought that I, I was honestly, when it first happened, I was still very unclear about what COVID was. Like, yeah. what am I scared of? We'd still, there was so much information that was changing every day. It was hard to even wrap my head around like what was happening. And we had been so busy right before shelter in place happened that I was like, honestly, a little relieved that I was like forced to stay home. I was thinking it was going to be like two weeks. Right. And then it kept going and I was like, oh my God. Okay. I had friends at work that were getting married earlier in the year and they kept being like are you going to cancel your wedding what are you guys thinking and I was like I'm not nervous that's so many months away if anything I feel like it'll be perfect timing because this will be behind us everyone will have been home for so long it'll be even more of a reason to celebrate right they want to go party right (laughs) and then it just kept going and getting worse and that's when I started to get really nervous about it because. I didn't want to put anyone at risk. And so we made the decision to cancel our plan in June, I want to say, which was still a couple months out. And at the time, Connecticut didn't know what their restrictions were going to be. And so we honestly had a lot of a really hard time canceling. They didn't want to give us our money back. They, it was a real fight. I mean, luckily we had event insurance, which honestly is what saved us in the end, because if we didn't have that, we would have lost all the money that we had put into it on top of having to cancel, which just would have literally crushed me. So yeah, we looked into just postponing it a few months and to next year. And the venue didn't have anything available. 
they had like one date available in 2021 and none of our vendors were available the same day. So, and honestly, like, that's what I was most excited about is like having the band where my sister's friend was the main singer and we had a great wedding photographer and I had a florist where I was like, I don't even feel like I need to check in with you. I totally trust you and your taste and being across the country. That was really important to me. And so we decided to just cancel our big event and reimagine something new. And that was rough. Did you have to cancel with your vendors as well? or we canceled everything. Yep. So I know you said you you had to go to battle with the the venue to try to get your money back. Were you able to get your money back overall? In the end, we did. And it was because my fiance's mom is at high risk because of illnesses that she's had in the past. And her doctor wrote a note and was like, she's unable to attend the wedding because of everything that's going on. And that was enough reason for insurance to refund us. And if it weren't for that, we would have just had to really suck it up and not. So literally your wedding insurance saved your day. Yes. Yeah. Saved money. It allowed us to be able to do something else in the future. Whereas if we were to have It was so close to the day that we had put basically the full deposits down, the full payments in for most things. So that if we, that would have been really hard to know that we then also lost all the money that we had saved to do this event. So that I recommend to anyone. Yeah, it's actually interesting you say that because given we were on the same date Mm -hmm. and my best friend who was supposed to get married in April had put all her money down and she did not get any of it back. So they just keep pushing it out, trying to get married eventually. But besides the point, she advised me to get wedding insurance. And by the time I went and looked, all the wedding insurance companies took down like their coverage for cancellations because they didn't... I mean, there were so many people desperate for it at that point. And so very smart on your part to get that done ahead of time. So... At least if there's one silver lining out of that, at least you got your money back because that would have been really painful. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Okay. So you said you canceled in June. Mm -hmm. How did you make that decision? Because for us, we canceled the first week of July. We were holding on by a thread. We, a friend was making our wedding invites and she kept saying, do you want to go to print? And we're like, no, can we please wait the very last moment? And so finally we decided in July, but you know, at what point was it just, okay, we have to make this decision now. So we, well, it was because we had the big final payment due to the venue in June. And we were like, we're either going to pay and have put down all the money, or we have to make a decision before this payment is due and figure it out, which is why we, decided then because I honestly was like hoping for the best and it just kept getting worse. I'm still happy that we did decide then because it allowed us to just take it in for a minute and then decide how we were going to tell everyone because I didn't want to do an email or a call. I didn't want to have a conversation about it with anyone. I was like, I want to get the message out in the way that I want to present it. And I don't want to have like further conversation with all of these people. So I designed a little notification and sent it out. So that went out in July. Yeah, that we did similarly. We just sent out a note. We actually sent out a note, I think in like the beginning of the pandemic, maybe around like April or so. And we were like, 
we're still planning to have it, but stay tuned kind of thing. And then in July, we sent out an official note. I don't know about you, but I had so many people then reaching out to me. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I don't need a pity party. I, know. Not technically. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to take a deep breath because yeah. I don't know now what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And part of me felt relieved after just to like know that I felt like we really did what felt right at the time. I mean, at that point, I thought we were still going to get married on the 12th and just do something like a micro wedding with just our families. And I think almost what made it harder for me is that I went a lot of months coming up with this new idea and this new plan of what that was going to be and like thought we were going to get married then for sure. No postponing. And then Julian's mom said that she still wasn't going to be able to attend because she's at a high risk and it was still enough distance from where they live that they'd have to stay over somewhere. And his step siblings have young kids and she's their grandma. And so she's like, I can't be around like the little kids and having them running up to me and not being able to interact. And yeah. And we didn't want to get married without our parents there. So that was really, I think what made it even harder for me was to realize Mm -hmm. that we were just not getting married altogether. Cause that didn't really cross my mind originally when we canceled the big event. Have you guys talked knowing his mom is high risk and I totally can relate to that. Like just doing the parents and no one else, just the parents so that all you could at least COVID test probably before and then hardcore quarantine? We have a little bit and it sounds like it would be more comfortable for her and everyone that we try to wait till there's a vaccine or until Mm. testing is a little bit better. I think there's just been so many things that have felt like it's not 100% accurate that it still hadn't felt Mm -hmm. 100% comfortable for her to even do something like that, which I totally understand. And I want to support. So we are trying to right now we said that we would wait until next year sometime between the summer and fall, and try to have something happen then. And if it still wasn't enough that she felt comfortable doing it, then that we would have to have two celebrations and have something just us and them there in New Hampshire and then do just a small micro wedding with the rest of the family in Connecticut. Oh my God. So it's just like multiple scenarios is kind of where your mind is at right now. And it still feels too, there's too many unknowns to plan anything. So we still haven't planned anything. (laughs) We did end up going home in September anyways. We took a week off and went home to be with our families and just have a little bit of time just to like breathe and still be with, we didn't see his mom, but we saw some other family and were able to do like a small little acknowledgement that this was the day we were supposed to get married. And we did, we like quarantined for more than two weeks before we wore N95 masks, like on the plane, like we did everything we possibly could. We got tested when we got home. And then my sister is a nurse. So she, yeah, she was doing travel nursing 
and took two months off because that she thought we were going to be getting married. She was going to be really involved and wanted to just take some time. So she was also home at my parents and they planned a surprise party for us. So yeah, they reached out to two of my best friends from college and their significant others and two of Julian's best friends and their significant others and had everyone get tested and had them surprise us and come the night before we were supposed to get married and then have the day and they planned this big outdoor dinner the night we were supposed to get married and did like a toast and everyone got dressed up. And so it's, we still celebrated on our day and we still felt it was really honestly amazing. Neither of us were expecting it at all. So that was honestly really great. In that moment, like the next day we were like that, we would have been fine with that being our wedding. Yeah. Which was really nice to realize that something small and intimate was still really special. And it didn't need to be this big, huge event to make it feel like a wedding or something that was special. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. I, it's funny you say that. We, again, like we ended up still getting married on the 12th, but I mean, I wasn't expecting that nine people would feel so special. And I look back and if I had to redo it, like I get this question a lot. Yes. Like I really wish I could have had like probably 50 people, which would have been like our bridesmaids, groomsmen, family, and so forth. That would have been the ideal situation. But you, I, I realized I was like, oh my God, I really did not need 150 people. So with that, do you think that when you're starting to replan, are you going to whittle down your list to be something more intimate? Yes. I. We've decided that we're going to do something small no matter what. So we're, we will have a micro wedding, most likely with just family, no matter when we have it at this point. And yeah, it's, I go back and forth about it, but I think it just makes the most sense for us right now. And with the situation, honestly, like it had the initial canceling, it was just felt so dramatic. And there was so much stress just in the world and everything that was going on. It made me really rethink what was important about a wedding. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of refreshing, but I think it's been really hard to have social media during this time because I felt really good about that decision. And it's hard to see other people that are still having these big weddings right now and not having issues or to be helping friends plan their weddings for next summer, fall that are planning a normal wedding. And it's like, we're supposed to be getting married around the same time, but we're still having a refined version of what we thought we were originally going to have. And I think that's really what's made it hard for me emotionally, this like roller coaster that I have because I feel good about our plan. And then I see someone else doing something different and having it feel like what we originally had planned. And then it makes me sad not to have that. But I think everything happens for a reason. I totally agree. And I think you had made a good point earlier. And we felt this way too, is when you ask people to come to your wedding and they feel this weird obligation of, should I go? But I don't want to get, you know, they get put in a, a position. So yeah, I, I too saw people having these big weddings, but 
I still kept thinking to myself, I was like, that's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't feel comfortable putting somebody in that type of position. And I also didn't want to have a wedding where I felt like I would have to wear my mask. Like we took one mask picture, which is our, our cover photo for the podcast, but which wasn't intended to be that, by the way, yeah. we just were like, oh, we have math. We could probably <laughs> mm-hmm. take one picture because we're getting married in a pandemic. But we just, I, I kind of started to realize, you know what? It's okay. Like for me, I was like, good for them, but I don't want to be responsible for anybody yeah. that were to get COVID at my wedding. I agree. Yeah. We have friends that got married recently. Some of our really, like really close friends a couple weeks ago, and we were invited and it crushes me that we weren't there and that we said no, but I, cause I want to be there to support them. And I know that they had such stress planning it and they did everything they possibly could to keep the, everyone safe, but it was still a hundred person wedding. And I still just had high anxiety about it. And I just felt not comfortable enough to say yes. And I just, yeah, I'm happy that they were able to have the day that they imagined, but I also didn't want anyone to feel the way I was feeling. It's really hard. My gut tells me a lot of people probably felt what you were feeling when trying to decide to go. I'm curious, actually, how many of their guests RSVPed yes and went, like what percentage. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe we'll have to have her on the podcast. I I can give you her name. (laughs) Invite her in. She's welcome. I'd love to hear her story. Yeah, she's great. (laughs) then the other thing you had mentioned was around your friends who are planning for next year. So this is fascinating because my, one of my best friends is she actually wasn't supposed to get married during this, this year. Sorry. So the pandemic is definitely lasting longer than 2020. So she wasn't supposed to get married this year. She's getting married in May and she's going through the planning process. And I've been kind of kind of helping her but she's like four different versions of her wedding and so I'm just curious like talking to your friends if they are trying to plan for a big wedding I'm just going to be surprised if next year is going to allow us to be able to do that still it doesn't look promising with the spikes we're experiencing right now I mean I have friends that are getting married next year that are planning weddings and I think they're aware that all this has happened but are hoping for the best and it is exciting, but I have this reservation in my head where it's like, I also don't want them to feel like the disappointment and hurt that like we went through canceling. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to figure out like how to be, because I know that they've lived through this pandemic too. They are fully aware of everything that's going on. So if they want to move forward and plan as if there is going to be a vaccine and just know in the back of their head, like maybe they'll have to pull it back, then I want to support what they're doing. But it just feels hard to not have reservations. It's a very weird place. Yeah. And I'm wondering, though, like, for us, like, obviously, the pandemic just threw us totally off guard. But hopefully, at least for our friends that are getting married in 2021, it's like, well this has been going on for a while now. So hopefully mentally they've set their own expectations. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping to, because I think one of the hardest things about this is going into it and having everything go so smoothly and having one vision that was like, everything was working out. And then for it to all just come out from under you, it sucks that there's this weird kind of disappointment that just like lingers, even though I'm excited for our new smaller plan too. 
hopefully some of those elements you'll still be able to bring into the to the picture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that we'll love the day. But yeah, it is definitely hard to have this whole vision and it not to happen. Yeah, totally. Well, Zoe, thank you so much. I actually have a final question, but oh, you yeah. answered it oh. already. It was like you were like ahead of the game. <laughs> it was along the lines of what you've learned and valued throughout these constant changes. And you had mentioned around just what this wedding is really all about. And it's of you and Julian, yeah. you know, truly officially coming together as as one. But if there's anything else you want to add, I would love to hear it. I think one other thing that's really helped me during this whole thing is my two of my best friends from college. We actually all got engaged two weeks apart, which is was unplanned. But <laughs> we've all been going through it, it together. And that has helped me tremendously is that we've all had very similar approaches and we can talk to each other and know exactly what the other one's feeling and being able to support each other in a different way than my mom or some friend that Mm -hmm. has not gone through this. So I think this podcast and having a community of people that you can talk to makes a huge difference because if I didn't have them to talk to through this, I don't think I would be feeling the way I'm feeling now. Yeah. Well, we are here. We are a community. (laughs) I would love to meet you in person one day. And honestly, I hope that there is a part two where we get to hear how everything turned out because I have positive vibes that it's going to be magical, whatever it turns into. Yes, I agree. I know it will. I'm just, we're playing it by year right now. Yeah. What I call is bob and weave yeah, throughout yes. the years, bob and weave, <laughs> because one way, one day is different than the other yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, so. it's true. Great. Well, good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been, and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to a Ben is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.